This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 76, sitting here with EC, Echo Charles, Echo Charlie. Attention-seeking behavior. Mm. This is like good things to know and understand. I was checking out a website about this called verywellmind.com. A lot of people want and like attention. Look, do you get some people that are just shy and just want to blend in? Yep, they exist. There's not a lot of them, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, you you remember those kids in high school? I'd always be friends with those kids in high school. Like, they didn't want to talk to anybody or whatever. They're kind of real shy. Mm -hmm. But there's some people. They're very few. Most people kind of want that attention. Um, Sometimes it's caused by low self-esteem. Sometimes it's caused by loneliness. Sometimes it's caused by jealousy. This website said little kids do it, and that's not that's, it's not unhealthy for little kids to want some attention, mm. right? You don't have to worry about it. They're kind of they're kind of growing and seeing what the boundaries are in the world, so that's cool. There's some actual disorders, histrionic personality disorder. This is under the cluster of dramatic personality disorders. Disorders. These are people that crave attention. They're fixated on their appearance. They're emotional. They're dramatic. They need constant validation. <sighs> There's borderline personal personality disorder. This is another dramatic personality disorder. And this is the people that think everyone's out to get them and they're in unstable relationships and they have low self-esteem and they have low self-image and they have intense bursts of anger and they might even harm themselves. They have impulsive behavior. So these are all things that fall into this attention seeker. And there's also narcissistic personality disorder and oppositional defiant disorder and intermittent explosive disorder. So there's a bunch of legitimate psychological problems that people can have that is an extreme version of seeking attention. But I'm I don't want maybe we'll cover that at some point, but that's not what I that's not what why I was thinking about this. I was thinking about it for just normal people and actually wanting to get attention seeking under control for normal people. And there was just a, an interesting list on, on this website that I thought it would be smart to cover because I think it is a good thing to know and understand to make sure that you can keep them in mind so that if we, if I am attention seeking, I know what I know what I'm doing and then I can stop doing it. Because here's the thing about this, when you're seeking attention, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the there's a scary horrible thing about being a person is when you're not aware of what's happening. You're not aware of what you're doing. And most horrible is when you think other people can't see what you're doing. Mm. That to me is one of the worst disorders, yeah. just general disorders. You know, the person that thinks they're getting away with something and they're not. Mm. They think they're gonna say something. They You, you always like to use the example of name dropping. Because yeah. it's you know something that people do. Mm-hmm. And no, they think that no one notices that you just drop the name, but everybody sees it and everybody thinks the same thing. Oh, you're name dropping, trying to impress me with something stupid. Mm-hmm. So it's good that you bring that up because that's something that anybody could think you need to do, bro. Mm-hmm. You think you need to do it. Yeah. You don't need to do it. And everybody knows when you're doing it. So here's some of these things that they put on this list. 
posting excessively on social media, vying for likes and comments. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch out for that one. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself like constantly wanting to just get on there, hey, I, I, this seems like it'll be a good post. Yeah. Oh, I'll do this. Making comments online and in person that seem calculated to make f- people feel uncomfortable. That was a little weird for me. I didn't quite understand that one. Mm. Maybe it's because making people feel uncomfortable makes that people pay attention to you. Yeah. This one's obvious. Bragging about material wealth, physical appearances, and personal, personal successes. Yeah. And that's one... There's nothing worse, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And man, how much of social media? There's like a legitimate, if you put a pie chart mm-hmm. of social media and one of the slices of pie was bragging about material wealth, bragging about physical appearance, and bragging about personal success, there would be, a, there would be at least a slice of pie. Yes, sir. Maybe even a I, big piece. I believe that, yes. Quarter? Quarter. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but then again, that could be just skewed with the people I follow. Because mm-hmm. in my experience, I would say, yeah, quarter, cool. Yeah, that quarter. Would seem right. Sounds Is right. there any way to post a picture of you and your freaking car, your new car, that, and it's an expensive car, yeah. real nice, a luxury car. Hell yeah. Is there any way to post a picture of your luxury car? And not fall into this category. <laughs> that's a good. It, that's a good question. Doesn't it kind of seem though, like almost like it depends on the person's personality? Because like yeah. there is, and actually, is there a difference between sharing your happiness with your followers? Like you know, like most people aren't yeah. influencers; they're just normal people. You know, what's a huge line on this? Yeah. Is it really your car? Yeah, so you know okay, so that there's like a whole obvious, realm of people. Because yeah. there's people that have badass cars and they love cars, and they're like, "Yeah, I just got this badass car," and yes. I don't even, I don't even consider that to be bragging or whatever. I, f- I consider it to be, oh, this dude loves cars. That, that's what I was saying. And yeah. they're stoked. Yeah, just like you know when someone graduates um, college or high school or yeah or gets their online degree, whatever. Yeah. Like they're just so happy they they're sharing it yeah, with their yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they're yeah. friends. Yeah, they're really, friends, yeah. they're not influencers. You know, and that's the most people they don't have. They're not influencers. They're just normal people. So it depends on that guy's person. Yeah. Oh, that person's personality. You, they get a new car. It's like, oh my God, you know how you, I don't know, you see this where it's like, yeah. oh, my daughter finally turned 16 and got her driver's license. Like, are they bragging? Because everybody <laughs> gets a driver's license. It's just happy. They're not bragging. They're just happy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they, it could be that. Most of the time though, kind of like how you kind of hinted there, like you could smell it all. Yeah. You could see what they're doing. If you rented a car and you're photographing it. Yeah, that's different, bro. That's kind of... That's kind of not. That's like another level. That's bragging about personal success or accomplishment at the same time lying about it. Yeah. Yeah. So watch out for this one. Because you might be generally, genuinely stoked about something. Yeah. You might be kind of bragging. Yeah. And you got to be careful. Just make sure, man. Just just pay attention to it. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I've po- if I've posted something that's been what have I posted? Okay, so then again, again, I don't know. I can't read your yeah. mind, but this is and this actually I shouldn't even say it because I don't want to come off like I'm accusing people who have done this of doing this. Uh-huh. But in, you know how like you know you write books, so yeah. if it does good on Amazon, you post uh, like, oh my yeah. gosh, thank you, and you say thank you guys for yeah. this and all. Yeah. But or is there a little? 
little sprinkle of that bragging that you got that bestseller. You know, like the thing is, I don't know, but as far as actions go, that's one of them. That's one of the actions. I I don't know your mindset, so I don't know if that that really is that, but that's one of the actions for sure. A lot of people do that. that, That's a definite one. Like, hey, just made the bestseller list again. New York. Right. Yeah. Or thank you guys for uh, 100,000 subscribers. You so know, these you see are that one a lot. Brags. These are kind of humble brags, right? Yeah, same. All brags, though. But And then again, I don't know mm-hmm. because there, there is a very specific difference between someone sharing their happiness about something, whether they accomplish it yeah. or something like that. It's not bragging. They're yeah. sharing their happiness, you know, to like their people. It depends, man. It's hard, it's hard to differentiate. Yeah, and that's the thing with this is I think you will know. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you you know. know what you're doing. And like I like I said, you could a lot of times. I don't know, but a lot of times it feels like you could kind of smell it on them. Where mm-hmm. if someone else does it, you can be like, "I see what you're doing. Cool, congratulations." But I do see that you're bragging. Or if it if it's genuine, usually there's some pattern of you know genuineness or whatever. So yeah, you're like, yeah. "Oh, you know, like congratulations, your daughter got her license or mm-hmm. whatever." You know, or you got a sick car. Good. Yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. Right. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that's a sick car. Yeah, got a sick guitar. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's oh, a people lot. People freak of... out in the hunting world, right? In the hunting world, people freak out about that. About what? Like posting pictures of their kill. Yep. Yeah, is is that bragging? Usually, I feel, I feel like that's legit, legit bragging. Fuck yeah, you went out because a lot of times <laughs> you don't catch nothing, right? A lot of times, yeah. Yeah, like I. So my younger brother Yata, he uh, he's a, a spear fisherman. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. He probably caught this seventy pound fish one time. Dang. I forget what kind. Huge. He was like legendary stuff. Anyway, and so anyway, I he he would post stuff that he catches lobsters, like all this stuff, and just you know, just like in his little community mm-hmm. of other guys who do that. I I never saw that as like bragging mm-hmm. about personal success. It's more like. Yeah, like it's almost like it's a legitimate brag where you should be bragging. You know, like that's the whole reason you go out. You got some success, mm-hmm. freaking post that shit. That's what it feels like. So let's just be careful. Yeah. Okay, we'll walk away with that. Let's be careful about material wealth, physical appearances, and personal success. Just be careful. It's a warning, right? It's sure. be cognizant. cognizant. Let's say you do it, but you're, you're not, all of a sudden it becomes habitual, right? Yeah. Like you're doing it all the time and yeah. maybe you're doing it reading the comments, right? So just yeah. be careful of it. Next one is acting like everything that happens is a catastrophe. Mm. See some of that out there, you know, sure. people get people be talking about how all this stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> Engaging in provocative, <laughs> promiscuous or exhibitionistic behavior. Okay. Mm. You know, this is when you're. You you shaking that ass for oh, the camera or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like booty pics or whatever. I guess so. Like hot. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing. For sure. uh, seeming to always want to be the center of attention. Making frequent self-deprecating comments in an effort to be validated. Mm. That's fishing for compliments. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but that not that a weird like... Oh, um, my arm lock is so bad. No, it's not. Oh, it's yeah. good. <laughs> but people, and I'm, I'm not going to say who, but very, someone's very specific... Where she'll um, she'll do that in a real like real heavy kind of way like I'm like feeling such a, like a loser I failed my this my family or I don't know you know it's like that kind of stuff so that people will pile up in the comments and be like no you're like your your efforts validate your goodness or what you know like that like she's fishing not for compliments but just for maybe like some validation of mm-hmm. some sort you know you can tell she puts extras on it. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah. there's no logical reason to put that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I feel like yeah, it is a little bit of a version of that, you know. And the last one is having a dramatic personality, which is like <laughs> that's, that's just you, bro. Funny. That's you. Homeboy. <laughs> All these things are attention seeking. And 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 I think this is the important thing is that they seem that way. And 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 you just have to you just have to pay attention to it. You just have to pay attention to it. Don't don't let it get out of hand. Uh, it's more powerful to keep your mouth shut. It's more powerful to watch other people instead of being watched. It's more powerful to be humble about your success than brag about it. It's more powerful to be understated than it is to be obnoxious. It's more powerful to be calm than it is to be dramatic. So to me, this just seemed like good things to know, good things to put in your filter of, of the way you behave, the way I behave, the way you behave. Just put in your filter. Just run it through that filter. Why are you doing this? Doing this to get attention? Okay, think about it. Pay attention to it. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's interesting advice for... Because it's pretty ambiguous, you know. Just think about it. Just think what you're doing. Put it in the filters a little yeah. bit less ambiguous, though, right? Yeah, but well, it's. I think it's still. I mean, in, this in a good way, by the way. Where you're not saying don't do that. Yeah. You're not saying that. You're just saying think about it. Like, hey, if you're meaning to do it, then for, that's you. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's with everything in life, you know. But sometimes, like like name dropping or whatever, it's like the thing that is allowing you to follow through in name dropping is you don't realize how you look. And maybe if you did realize, maybe if you realize how you look, you wouldn't do it. But maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But if you're thinking about it, you will know at mm-hmm. the very least. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, that's, uh, like I said, it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Probably better in yeah. that way. Let's pay attention to Plus, it. Let's run, the, run, run, the, run the filter. Bro, run through the filter. Let's face it, bro. I, like, I'm not even mad at most of this stuff. Like when other people do it. Like when I see this going on, like I'm not, I, I enjoy a social media like mm-hmm. thing, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I do understand. I feel like I do anyway, that that's not like, is it the, the most accurate reflection of life? Mm, yeah. You know, also, we've been extremely focused on just social media on this. Yeah. I, I like to think of social interactions, like actual interactions yeah. with other human yeah. beings. And yeah. why are you talking? Are you talking so that everyone <laughs> list has to listen to you? Yeah, no. And don't. You're right. Because right. the less you talk, the more people listen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're so right. I'm just saying that there's a filter, yeah. right? Run it through the filter. Because, yeah. and it's always horrible when you think, you perceive that no one can see what you're doing. You perceive that no one, oh, I'm just going to drop this name. I won't sound like a name dropper because I'm actually pretty smart. I'm pretty suave with yeah. the way I handle things. <laughs> <laughs> Just be careful, man. But you're so right because this is there are real life versions of all of this stuff. You know, yeah. like pr- provocative or whatever. Yeah, someone will and girls and guys. By the way, yeah, like girls will wear sure. like revealing stuff, and then or guys will be like, you know how like the old the thing. I'll jokingly say that I do this, but the um like you do like push ups or dips before you rock, walk uh. into a room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Get you're trying pop. to, yeah, exactly right. You kind of, you're trying to show off a little something for whatever reason, um, you know, bragging about your accomplishments, humble bragging. Oh, this is all stuff you can do in real life. Like yeah. all of yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. These are it's, just not, social it's not media. just so we, we kind of got hyper-focused on social media because yeah. it's real obvious. Yeah. But it is fun to be able to like see it because yeah. a lot of times behavior is not recorded, but like you can have literally like a record of yeah. all of this activity. 
Oh yeah, I remember uh, Jack Osborne sent me all like the initial Black Sabbath album signed by Ozzy Osborne. Who's Jack Osborne? Ozzy Osborne's son. Oh, the kid on the oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and so I le- I like posted a, I put po- yeah name drop name double name drop Hell Jack yeah. Osborne Ozzy Osborne. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then I posted a video with like all these albums signed. You know, this is my favorite band of all time. Yeah. And I have all the initial, which I, I had the albums before, but now I've got the albums signed by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And the initial, the first Black Sabbath album, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, yeah. it says, you know, like, to Jocko. Yeah, yeah. Signed by Ozzy Osbourne. And I posted that up. That's kind of like, you know. Maybe a little bit, but that's not, that's not flagrant. It doesn't feel flagrant. Okay. I feel like. Um, a little bit suspect? That's how Maybe. stoked I was, though. I was freaking stoked. Because man. that's like a personal thing, you know? Yeah. But, but I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel nearly as flagrant as, like, the normal, like, stuff, you know? <laughs> the normal frag or whatever. The, um, there's, I, so I did a video a long time ago, mm-hmm. maybe in 2012 or something like this. It never, I never released it, but mm-hmm. it was about, like, a bunch of stuff, little phenomenons when Facebook first started to kind of blow up or whatever. And, uh, and one of them was about this but specific people so one of them was like you know when they post a picture of something and then they have like the cat now the today's version is they'll have a caption that says something com- kind of completely different and you're like wait wait, wait. you just post that picture because you wanted him to look at your whatever like you thought it was a good picture of mm-hmm. yourself maybe you're being provocative or something you know and and then i'll have like some inspirational quote or something <laughs> like that you see what i'm saying or um They'll be like, oh, look how messy my room is. And then, like, the girl's top will be, like, pulled down, like, real far. That, these are the stuff that was in my uh-huh. video or whatever. Um, and it's funny how, like, th- these things are still going on. Yeah. Very interesting. They've been going on for a long, long, long time. But I do have pre, to say. Pre-Instagram. Pre-telephone. Pre-technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the cave, they were walking around with a, like, a shirt, short set of fur on. <laughs> I think this is part of the fun, by the way. I like that people, that we all do this stuff or whatever. Mm. It's part of the fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Check. All right, let's get to some Q&A. All right, first question. Hey, guys, I'm 23 years old. I've been going through a bit of career of a career crisis. Dropped out of college when I was 19 and went to into the trades and apprentice, uh, apprenticed electrician. While the trade... While the trade will always have job security and stable income, I have noticed I'm progressively less happy with my job. I have no issues with the people I work with and for. It's just the job itself leaves me feeling unfulfilled like I have no purpose. I'm considering going back to school to pursue my physical therapy as I love working with athletes and studying the human body. But I have some reservations about finances and and fear of failure. Should I just grind it out in the trade or take the leap? As or and if I do take the leap, what are some tips for pursuing school and studying? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, I would say I would do both. Actually, you know what I'm saying. I wouldn't leap. I'm not leaping. No. Like you're 23, bro. You need me leaping off of anything, <laughs> tra- hoping you land on a good spot. No mm-hmm. reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Keep working the electrician job. Which, by the way, if you have the right mindset, being an electrician is an awesome job and you get into it and you become a craftsman, like there was a little while people were sending me pictures, speaking of posts and stuff on social, people were sending me pictures of like, they installed a, a, a sub 
connector on something, and they'd send a picture to all be neat and clean, yeah, like yeah, a plumber this. with all kinds of. And I'd post them, like, yeah. look at this artwork. Yep. So if you can take that kind of pride in your job, and you can be efficient, you can grow a business. Like all those things are awesome. Being mm-hmm. an electrician is awesome. I studied electrical stuff in high school, and it's cool. Yeah. So keep doing that. Keep doing that. Get good at it, and then go to night school. Take the classes, do the online training. Everyone's doing online stuff right now. Mm. Do some online schooling. Start to learn to become a physical therapist. That way you keep your job, you keep your income. You explore the life of a PT. You start to learn. That's, that's good. And here's a warning. Some people in the medical field, after a while, eventually, the people that the patients just become objects. Mm. <laughs> but these are objects that that complain. This would be like you go to you go to put in a, a, a freaking sub panel and it complains to you. <laughs> you go to put in an electrical sub panel and it complains to you. And by the way, it doesn't show up on time. Yeah. The electrical sub panel's not there. Mm. And it didn't do the prep work. So it didn't do anything that you asked it to do. Yeah. And you can't say anything to do it because it'll go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, this is, sorry to interrupt, but th- that's literally the reason I stopped being a personal trainer. Yeah. This is back then, like, I, I had a friend that was like a massage therapist and yeah. just, just you know, totally into it. Totally, because yeah. like you can heal people with massage. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. After a while, I am out. I'm out. I'm not yeah. doing this. People don't do the exercise I tell them to do. Yeah. They show up late. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best. Yeah. They complain. Like, oh, your shoulder still hurts. Really? Did you do any of the exercise I told you to do for the last month? No. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Exactly. They just get pissed. Oh, yeah. Lying about their diet. They're lying about freaking. everything. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> any job mm. can get boring. Any job can be unfulfilling. Depends on your attitude, mm. right? So keep that in mind. Uh, you're 23. Take some time. Learn that new field. Hey, you might also be one of those people. I know people that are athletic trainers that are freaking awesome. And they love it and they love helping people and they help and they get in that, you know, a lot of people you like, I think he even says he wants to work with like athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Working with athletes, right? Everyone wants to work with athletes because yeah. those people want to improve. Yep. A lot of times as an athletic trainer, you end up working with normal civilians yeah. that they just, they just are going to do the absolute minimum and they're going to complain to you and it's going to be a gut check every single day. Mm-hmm. If you get cool, you get make an athletic trainer with a sports team or with athletes. Yeah, that can be awesome. Mm-hmm. But how many jobs are there like that? All that stuff. So if I were you, I would start to get educated on this stuff. I'd, I'd probably actually set up like some kind of a side business, mm. like working with the high school basketball team. You know, hey, I'm going to come in, you know, if anybody needs their ankles taped up or what, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You start to do that as a side business. Mm-hmm. Look up in a little while. All of a sudden you've got some more clients. You look up in a little while. Maybe you need to get a little studio and look up in a little while. Maybe you can stop being an electrician. By the way, you learned that you loved it. Or you start working on people, you're like stinky feet, taping them up, like I don't like this. It's not what was cracked up, people complaining to me. Mm -hmm. So let's explore. Let's not leap. Iterative decision making is what we're talking about. Slowly make the move. That's what I got. Next question. Good day, Jocko. I'm trying my very best to accept responsibility for my life, choices, and circumstances. I'm full of resentful hate that is not serving me in, into becoming an eminently qualified human. I lift, run, read, 
jujitsu, hunt, volunteer, surf, father, and work diligently. Is is there light at the end of the tunnel? Do you reap what you sow? How do you maintain the faith when the results indicate the common denominator is me? I'm working through an acceptance commitment therapy. I'm oh sorry, I'm working through the acceptance commitment therapy. Look it up as look it up if it fits deeply into principles in your book. What do I do to find meaning to keep going? Are you returning to Australia for another muster? I missed it. Look after my family. Please guide and assist. Um, first of all, I wonder what the uh, source of resentful hate is. Resentment is a horrible thing to have in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. Yeah. It means that you don't think you you, you don't think you're getting what you deserve. Resentful, it's a really interesting um, and horrible thing, resentment. So I don't know what happened to you. Did someone betray you? Did you not get the recognition that you feel that you deserve? Did someone abuse you in some terrible way? You know, it's one of those things and uh, I'm glad you know you you talk about this acceptance commitment therapy, and I looked it up like you asked. Um, and you're right; it does sound good. Uh, it says you know things like learn to stop avoiding, denying, and struggling with inner emotions, and instead accept that these feelings are appropriate responses to certain situations, but they should not prevent you from moving forward with life. Okay, so like you've got some resentment. I, honestly, I think the answer to resentment is forgiveness. Whoever did you wrong, yep, you're forgiven because this is this isn't, isn't hurting them. Your resentment and your hatred doesn't hurt them; it hurts you. It's hurting you. You're talking about it. Don't let that happen. Move on. It, it, it sounds like you're on a great path. You're reading. You're running. You're doing jujitsu. You're hunting. You're volunteering. You're surfing. You're being a father. You're working hard. All those things are awesome. Right, you, you, you got all my answers, all my standard answers, right? So here's what I'm thinking. Again, if you've got resentment, if you've got someone that abused or betrayed you in some way, you might need some professional help to get over that. You might need to reach into your soul and find some forgiveness so you can move on. Who are you resentful against? So much of that comes from jealousy. You didn't get what you thought you deserved. Cain and Abel, it's Cain and Abel. Right? Cain and Abel made sacrifices to God. For whatever reason, God liked Abel's sacrifice more. And what did Cain do? He was so filled with resentment that he murdered his brother. So we don't want to go down that path. That's what resentment is. You didn't get the recognition. You, God didn't say to you, hey, I really appreciate your sacrifice. And by the way, if you're making sacrifices so that you can get appreciation, that's also an indicator that you're not being truthful about it. You know, it's like when you do things for your children and they don't say thank you and you get mad at them, it's an issue. Now look, you, you can say, hey listen, you learned some manners, right? But when you yell at your kids, I've worked so hard to get that, okay. So you're doing it so you can get some reward. If it's pure, 
You don't you don't feel that way. You're happy to provide. So let's figure out what's going on with that resentment. If you can find it in your heart to forgive, I know it's hard, man. I know it's hard. But forgiveness is underrated. And I think that's probably what you need. So here's another thing that I'm thinking about. You're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. You're looking for some eureka moment where everything becomes easy and glorious. So you're looking for some kind of a finish line. And I'm going to say there's really not a finish line. Well, not a glorious one. There is a finish line, right? There's a, essentially there's a finish line that we're all headed for, toward, which is we're all going to die. It's never a happy ending. Ernest Hemingway said if two people love each other, there's no happy end to it. You can kind of look at life the same way, right? We either die too early and unexpected and we're, life is snatched away from us or we leave people uh, missing us or we get old and sick and weak and we wither away and die and people watch us do that. Uh, not a whole bunch of good options there. But here's the important part. The ride is the fun part. The the things that, the journey, it's a journey. The end state is not where, that's not what you should be focused on. Because it's going to suck, by the way, in the end. If you're focused on how great it's going to be in the end, when you're 89 years old and you're pissing yourself and weak, which is where I'm heading, it's where you're heading, it's where we're all heading. If we're lucky, if we're unlucky, we die in a car accident tomorrow. But if that's what you're focused on, the light at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel is you're dead. It's the journey that you're on. The running, the reading, the jujitsu, the hunting, the volunteering, the surfing, the things that you're doing right now, raising kids, they are the light. Those things are the light. That's life. The trite term, you know, make sure you stop and smell the roses, man. Make sure that you recognize that when you are doing these things, you enjoy them, that you're embracing the struggle, you're embracing the pain that comes, you're building strong relationships. That's what this is. You know, I had that, that situation where I was surfing with Seth Stoner. And he's like, dude, where am I? Where when am I ever going to find happiness? I'm surfing with Stoner. It's like a five foot day. It's a beautiful Southern California day. There's an offshore three knot offshore breeze. We're out there. There's just me and him and maybe two other guys. Epic, perfect conditions. And he's like, when am I ever going to find happiness? And I was like, bro, this is it. This is it. That's the light. The meaning is all around you. It's every breath. It's every step. It's every wave. It's every roll. It's everywhere. So, yes, keep going. But please, look around. 
breathe and and absorb the beauty and the miracle of life and of existence and of being. This is it. So relish it because this right here, this is it. And you got kids. Look at that. Look at that. Relish it, man. Next question. <clears throat> hey, Jocko and Echo. In the last six months or so, I've had this urge to do something more, whether it, can be, whether it be join the military or become a firefighter, etc. After a lot of thought and processing, I've realized I've, I urge more for a physical challenge and sadly someone to recognize me for it. How can I overcome the mindset of wanting to be recognized for a large physical achievement and just do it for myself? Thanks for all you do. P.S. If getting into jujitsu is the answer, I happily accept that. So, so first of all, I'd say this. Maybe, maybe think about this. Military and firefighting and law enforcement. These things aren't exactly, quote, large physical challenges. Right? They're not large. I mean, they're not a walk in the park, but they're not crazy. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people that go in the military every year. They're not college athlete level athletes. They're just people. Right? So these aren't these crazy large physical challenges. So that, that you, you actually kind of miss the mark there. The urge for a physical challenge is not that. <laughs> if you're gonna do, if you want to do something for the recognition of physical capability, and what you do is you join, uh, was a firefighter. That's not. It doesn't equate to that. There's no one that goes, "Oh my gosh, you're a firefighter. You must be a physical stud." They figure you're in shape, but they don't figure you're some kind of a mutant athlete. You might as well go to a CrossFit Games or a marathon or an Ironman or whatever if you want to prove some kind of physical prowess. No one's going to be, there's not, there's no one that's impressed by the achievement of making it through Firefighter Academy. Like they respect it. But here's the thing, people admire those jobs not because of the physical achievement, they admire them because of the willingness to sacrifice for others, which by the way is admirable. So that might be the urge that you're thinking or that you're feeling. And by the way, it's kind of weird you say you say uh, you want to not you want to just do this for yourself, which is kind of, which is kind of in a way a little bit selfish, right? Like someone that joins the military or becomes a firefighter just to be recognized as a hero, just to do it for themselves, like that's, that seems, or just get medals, or just check off the block that they did something physically challenging or mentally challenging. So I would, what I would do if I were you, is I would kind of pull the thread on this a little bit and figure out why it is you exactly want to join the military or why you want to become a firefighter. Because you might have the urge to do it because you want to make a sacrifice for others. You want to serve others. You want to help others. And those are totally great feelings to have. 
and they are gratifying. You do feel good when you make a sacrifice for other people. At least a good person does. It feels good to help. It feels good to give. It feels good to sacrifice. And maybe you could contort that into saying, oh, I, that, does that mean I want recognition from other people that I made a sacrifice? If you, if you spin it around in your head hard enough, you can get there. Right, you can spin something around hard enough in your head that you get to the fact where, like, I guess I'm just doing this because I I want recognition from other people. It's like, oh, I'm gonna make sacrifice. That's what tribes do. They sacrifice to protect the tribe, and they get recognized for that. So there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you shouldn't let that stop you. In fact, you should kind of let that drive you. Go and serve, and go and help others, and go and make a sacrifice. That's all positive. So I think you may be overthinking this a little bit. You want to do something? You want to be? You want to serve others? You want to protect others? You want to protect and serve? Cool, go do it. And yes, go train jujitsu. <laughs> good luck, man. Sounds like you're on a good path. Go make it happen. Next question. <clears throat> good morning. My question is: What Jocko's response is? to the recent New York Times article about the controversy over alleged abuse at BUDS and mistreatment of dropouts. Thanks for all you do. Uh, okay, so yeah, I, I read the article. The article was entitled, Recruited for Navy SEALs, Ma- Many sales, Sailors Wind Up Scraping Paint. Now look, when you're writing these articles about special operations, actually any article about anything, the press is going to get some things right. They're going to get some things wrong, right? They're going to use hearsay. They're going to use rumors. They're going to use people, sources that have their own agendas and perspectives that can be right, can be wrong, can be partially right, can be partially wrong. Can be some factual information that's also going to get spun to get clicks, right? So you're going to deal with all that. So this article, uh, Dave Phillips, I believe, wrote it. Recruited for Navy SEALs, many sailors wind up scraping paint. That's true. Yep, nailed that. It's exactly what happens. And like I said, I read the article. Um, It says in the article that many people join the Navy in order to enter the SEALs. And it says that most don't make it. This is totally true. This is totally true. And it says in the article that if someone doesn't make it through SEAL training, they go to the regular Navy. This is totally true. Where they get a crappy job, which is also true. And it's, you use the jobs uh, washing dishes, cleaning toilets, scraping paint. That's what you end up doing when you go to the fleet. Guess what? No kidding. Guess what I did when I finished SEAL training and I went to SEAL Team 1? Guess what I did when I got there? I cleaned toilets. That's what I did when I got there. When you're a new guy in the military, you get crap jobs. You're a junior person. Everyone, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. When you're in the regular Navy and you go to a ship, every enlisted person that goes to a ship does 90 days in the scullery. 90 days, three months washing dishes. That's what you do. That's what happens. So this is correct. Uh, there's a quote in there, and it says that the supervisor, so this is a, a guy that quit Buds, and now he's on a ship. And he says, the supervisor doesn't even know my name. And that's too bad. And from a leadership perspective, I certainly don't like that. Guess what? Work hard, bust your ass, and I guarantee your supervisor will learn your name. 
it says in the article that buds is harder now with higher attrition rates. The attrition rates go up and down. Um, as far as by attrition rates, meaning the percentage of people that that quit, those go up and down. A bunch of things can cause it to go up and down. You have bad weather. Everybody knows a winter hell week has less people make it through winter hell week. If it happens to be particularly cold, it's going to be even harder. If it happens to be particularly warm, more people are going to make it. That's the way it works. What about the unity of the class? Got a bunch of people in the class. They're, they're tight. They're gonna, more people are going to make it. Got a good leader in the class. Guess what? More people are going to make it. It says that the average is about, the, the article said something along the lines of 70 people is on average, 70% of people quit. It's more like 80% of people normally quit. It says in 2021, it reached as high as 93% attrition. Okay. It doesn't mention the fact that there's been higher attrition in the past. <laughs> it doesn't mention class 78, the class that never was because no one made it. It doesn't mention that. That was in, you know, like, what, the 70s. Doesn't mention that. It doesn't mention that there was a class that no one made it through. So even though 93 is a high attrition in 2021, yep, it is. That was at one point in 2021. There's been classes where no one made it. Doesn't mention that. Uh, the article says that the dropouts, the quitters, it says they appear to be voluntary, but sailors said the majority were sick or injured. And yes, uh, you get sick or injured, and then they quit. That's what happened. Almost no one gets dropped for injury or for sickness. They get rolled back. But almost no one gets dropped for injury or sickness. Remember when Admiral McGuire was on the podcast and he said he would tell the kids before Hell Week, he'd say, the only person that's going to remove you from this training is you. There are some guys that are at basic SEAL training for years. Years. Blown ACL, operation. What, what does that take, nine months? Yeah. So they'll go through training, blow their ACL, nine months of rehab, then four months to get back in shape, and then try again, they get another. There's people that have been in BUDS for years. For years. But guess what? They don't quit. So the other thing you remember is, is like very, very, very few people that quit buds will tell you that they quit buds. Mm. They, they, they'll have an excuse for it. Whenever someone I meet someone and they're like, yeah, I quit. I'm like, oh, but cool. You know, no big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. Most people quit. Uh, here's a quote from the article. Uh, Little has been done to give the sailors who rang the bell, which is quitting, when the course was at its most brutal and are now deckhands, janitors, or dishwashers, a second chance at becoming a SEAL or a quick exit from the Navy. We, quote, we all want to do something extraordinary and now we are doing what feels like the farthest thing from it, said a sailor who arrived at the selection course in 2021 with a marketing degree and a good civilian job prospects, but who quit after a leg injury that required hospitalization. He now sweeps the hangar deck of an aircraft carrier. Again, he quit. Uh, that happens. This, this is accurate. 
This is what happens. This is what happens when you quit SEAL training, you end up in the regular Navy. And your first job in the regular Navy is going to be a menial job. My first job at a SEAL team was a menial job. I was cleaning the shitters. I was sweeping the grinder. That's what you do. If that's where you end up, work hard, learn a skill, get promoted. And by the way, this article talks about the hardworking fleet sailors of the Navy. They're talking about their job. There's all there's 350,000 people in the Navy that do this blue collar, hard ass job and they get it done. And these guys quit buds and then they have to do that job that 350,000 people do that type of job and they complain about it and bitch about it. So, you know what, Mike Monsor, quit buds. Mark Lee, quit buds. They both quit, they both went to the fleet, they both went back to buds and they made it. They grew up, they matured, they needed to grow up, they needed to mature, they came back and obviously became outstanding SEALs, they became heroes. So, if you happen to quit, and you realize it was a mistake, cool, bust your ass, work hard, go, go give it another shot. Now listen, I've said this many times. There is a huge risk if you join the Navy to be a SEAL. There is a huge risk because if you don't make it, which you most likely will not, your job will not be what you want. Right, you don't join the SEAL teams. When you join the SEAL teams, you wanna go out in the field, you wanna carry a machine gun. If you join the Army and you try to do special forces training, or you try and become a ranger and you don't make it, you can still carry a machine gun in the infantry. If you join the Marine Corps and, and you wanna do MARSOC and you don't make it, cool, you can still be a rifleman or a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. The Navy, if you don't make it through SEAL training, you're gonna do a, a job, the first job you're gonna get is gonna be very menial, and then it's gonna become a blue collar job. You're gonna be working on a diesel engine. You're gonna be working on air conditioning. You're gonna be working on radios. You're gonna be doing a blue collar job. That's what the Navy is. There's another anecdotal story about a quote, 27 year old with a, tw- with a computer engineer degree and top physical fitness scores, who was allegedly kicked by an instructor, punched in the head, then got a concussion during surf passage. He was told he could only go to medical if he quit, so he quit. And listen, this is again, this is like, I'm sure some version of that happened, but not that version. (laughs) Like, some version of that happened, but you can't deny students medical attention. Can't. You can't kick and punch the students. Can you make some physical contact? Can you rough them up? Yep, you're gonna get roughed up. Going through freaking SEAL training, by the way. You're, going to, you're training for combat. You don't think it's gonna be hard training? You don't think it's gonna suck? You're not gonna get physical contact from an instructor that's gonna induce any kind of injury. It's not gonna happen. Could you get injured in buds? Yeah, you're gonna get injured in buds. No, not one person's gonna make it through buds without significant injuries. But like I said, very few people ever admit to just quitting. Right, they don't want to take ownership of that. 
they you know it was a medical thing they they say they didn't like the instructor they knocked out an instructor whatever that's a common um, it's never their fault right but that's what happens you you have to quit in order to be removed from training 99% of the time occasionally when you get more advanced in the training there's people that get dropped from training because they can't do the job as a seal they don't have the cognitive capacity they have anxiety they are unsafe like that happens but that's later in training no one can figure out if you're safe or not when you're freaking going through first phase or even really second phase so the article says quote those who serve out their enlistments often face bleak years of low pay and slim chances for promotion um again they're just talking about being in the regular Navy. They should do an article about the regular Navy and go interview regular sailors because it's a tough life in the regular Navy. And if you have a bad attitude in the regular Navy, it's going to be even worse. Like you can talk about in the Army, in the Army you go in the field and it can be really hard living in the field. In the Marine Corps, you go in the field. It's really hard living in the field. Guess what? When you're living on a ship, it's not an easy life either. Kind of sucks. I would rather be in the field than be on a ship. <laughs> But these, it's, it's interesting that they talk about bleak years of low pay and slim chances for promotion. That's the Navy. And a crappy job, that's what happens when you join the Navy. And then you learn a skill. And once you learn that skill, you become a diesel mechanic. You become an aircraft mechanic. You work on electronic components inside of an aircraft. You learn how to drive small boats. Like the, you, there's all kind of aircraft. There's all kinds of good blue collar jobs that you grow into in the Navy. So to talk about this tough life in the Navy, if you have a bad attitude, it's going to be terrible. But talk about this tough life in the Navy when there's 350,000 sailors in the U.S. Navy, and they live that life and they make it a career. They spend 20 years, 25 years, 30 years doing that job. And here are these other people just complaining about, this is so horrible. Yeah, it kind of sucks. That's for sure. So think about that. Think about that. It's accurate. But people that join, that try and go in the SEAL teams, they don't want to be on a ship. But when you join the Navy and you don't make it, you're going to be on a ship. That's the way it is. Uh, the worst part about the article or, or the, the, the hardest thing to talk about or the, the worst part about it is, you know, you get some buds, dropouts, some buds, quitters that kill themselves. And it's freaking horrible. It's freaking horrible. Um, and they've done, they've made modifications to the program over the years to try and provide better support to guys that quit. And listen, if you quit, then be like Mark, be like Mikey, get your shit together, go again. And if you can't get back to SEALs, go get, get go join the army. Do your years in the do your years in the Navy and go join the army. And do something there or go become a police officer or go become a firefighter. Like find your next mission. Being a SEAL is not, if you don't make it, is not the end all be all. It's not. 
find another mission and go execute. And props for giving it a shot. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of guts just to go. I'll give you that. Anybody that says, you know what, I'll sign up for this shit. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. Good for you. You didn't make it. Hey, you tried. Most people don't even try. So good job trying. Now let's figure out what you're going to do next. So I guess that's kind of my um, my assessment of the article. Um, I would say. If you think you want to join the SEAL teams, if you think you want to join the Navy in order to join the SEAL teams, you need to think very long and hard about it. It's unadvisable. Because likely you will not make it. There's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance that you're going to make it. There's a 90% chance or even higher that you won't make it because the attrition rates that they talk about, those are people that actually show up to BUDS. There's all kinds of people that don't even make it to BUDS. They get dropped during boot camp. They get dropped after boot camp. They don't even make it to BUDS training. If you start including all those people, there's a 90, more than a 90% chance that you're not going to make it. And no one thinks that when I'm saying this that I'm talking to you. Everyone thinks, no, but I'm different. I'm going to make it. But they show up and they quit. So think long and hard before you make the commitment. If you make the commitment and you don't make it, cool. Go kick ass at something else. Don't complain about where you ended up. And like I said, you go in the Army, go in the Marine Corps. They have great special operations unit. And if you don't make it in their special operations units, you can still have a cool job. Trying to join the SEAL teams is a massive risk. It's hard to justify. The risk. So think long and hard about it. It's cold, wet, miserable. You're can get injured, you can get sick, you can you you don't might not have the skill for it. It's hard to make. Don't be mad if you don't make it. There we go. So how <clears throat> how can you become a pilot? You know, like you know the movie Top Gun, naval aviator, how to you know we gotta get Dave Burke on and go listen to the Dave Burke podcast. No, that but that's Marines though. Oh yeah. Is well, it the same, same process? Similar pipeline. For yeah. real. So yeah. you join the Navy, so you don't know like the specifics? Yeah. Join the Navy with a flight contract. You go to flight school, you perform at flight school, you get to select what kind of aircraft you go in if you make it. Is that is that anything like Bud's where if it's like you don't go make it through flight school, you got to go to the regular Navy or like? I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know. Hey, in Bud's, can mm-hmm. you like, like if I injure my wrist or something, can mm-hmm. I tape it up? Yeah. They got athletic training there. Tape it up. Tape it up. Yep. Easy money. Yeah. What about Band-Aids? They won't let stay on very long. You know how, like, I guess your head gets rubbed off, right, from the yep. boat or whatever? Yep. Can you put, like, a big gauze Band-Aid or something in there? It's not as bad as it used to be because they wear helmets a lot now. Oh. They wear a Protec helmet. Oh. It was back in the day we just wore, like, a hat. So guys would lose, like, skin and hair yeah. permanently. Yeah. Some guys have, like, permanent <laughs> hair loss because yeah. that boat's grinding on their head. So Nowadays you, they wear a helmet. So you think if I tape my wrist, obviously not me, but like if someone taped their wrist, mm-hmm. would that give them like an advantage, you know, like holding up stuff, like the boat or anything? I mean, You'd still maybe, get tired, I yeah, guess, but. Yeah, you're going to get tired. It's no factor. No the factor. tape's not going to make the difference. Tape it up, whatever. Tape it up, all good. Okay, all right, there you go. All right, next question. Jocko. Uh, Pablo here, your constant reader and listener. Not sure if this is the right 
place to ask, but I'll try nevertheless. I'm from Ukraine. I'm working in graphic design and have a have a distant knowledge of the military. Yet it seems that in a month or two, I'll leave to join our army. How can I use the time left to try to prepare psychologically? Thanks for your work. Right on, Pablo. Thank you for listening. Thanks for reading. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so let's just get to it. Could be going, well, you, if you're going to the army, you're in Ukraine, you're going to war. Let's start working out for sure. Gear on, rucking, vests, wear your boots, get boots, wear your boots, condition your feet. And why am I starting off with physical conditioning? Because physical conditioning, that's gonna be hard, is gonna help prepare you psychologically. So that's what we wanna do. We wanna prepare ourselves physically so that we're mentally getting tougher as well. Do some hard freaking training before you go. Uh, you said you're a constant reader and listener. Don't just read what I've written. I'm glad you are, but read some about war. Read about face. Read with the old breed. Read the Forgotten Highlander. Read Colder Than Hell. Those are like four books. We've covered them on the podcast, but go read them. Listen to the podcasts that we've done with vets on them, right? The SOG guys, the World War II guys, guys that were in Vietnam. Watch Band of Brothers. Watch the Pacific. So that's the kind of thing to get you in the mindset. And then, you know, as I was thinking about this, I think psychologically, if you write down a code for yourself that you will adhere to, I think that would be a very positive thing to do. Write down the type of soldier you are going to be, the type of morals you're gonna uphold, the type of decisions you're going to make the type of honor you are going to bring to the battlefield. And I think if you write that before you go in, and look, you'll make some adjustments to it because once you're in, you're gonna learn about the military and you're gonna learn about the mission. So you might have to make some slight adjustments to it, but the fabric of the code that you write should be strong enough that with some small adjustments, it should be something that should be good. And then you let go and live that code. And you know you wanna do things that you can take ownership of. So that's what I would do. Um, it's difficult to prepare psychologically for war, but I think the best way to prepare is to do as much research as you can. And by research, I mean what I just said. Read these books, try and figure out what these people went through try and figure out how they coped with these situations and recognize that you're gonna be facing some things that are gonna be very hard to face. You're gonna see death, you're gonna see um, people get severely wounded. You're gonna have the, the, you're gonna have to face that yourself, that you might get killed, that you might get wounded. And again, go listen to the podcast because you're gonna hear guys say, the best thing you can do is accept that. Accept it. You want to psychologically prepare for war, accept the fact that you might die. And once you've accepted that, you can go fight. You're not going to be worried about anything. Other than, you know, losing your friends. But guess what? They've volunteered as well. They've accepted this risk. And you're fighting for your homeland. So psychologically, get to a point where you don't fear death. 
and move forward. That's it. And you're going to reach a point. It might seem like a big leap for you right now, but it's like a flip, a switch that'll flip in your head. You're going to realize, yep, there's a chance I'm going to die. And I'm going to do my best. And there's nothing. Look, you can get shot by a sniper. You can get blown up by a roadside bomb. Like there's all these things that can kill you. And there's a huge amount of chance to that. You know, a sniper, an enemy sniper is looking at your platoon of 40 guys and he picks you. And then he has to make the shot. There's a huge, there's just just circumstance there. And you can't control it. What you can control is you train hard, you do your camouflage right, you move from cover to cover, you do all those things correctly. But there's some chance that you're still going to get killed. And once you realize, okay, there's a chance I'm going to get killed, there's a chance I'm going to get wounded, okay. That's what it is. And once you're through that, you'll be all right. So good luck, Pavlo. Let us know how it goes over there, man. Keep your head down. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the underground. Uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate the support that you give us and appreciate everyone that's out there uh, getting after it. There you go. Pavlo right now probably on the front lines by the time this comes out. So keep getting after it, everybody. We appreciate it. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.